I have to be delusional enough to think people are going to listen to this. It's thunderstorming outside. There's lightning. Hit me with it. Come on. How smart can you be when you have huge mantids? Okay, he, him. Go put your pronouns and go sit in the corner. I'll take care of this. It's just common sense. Hi there, Mr. Bum. How are you doing tonight? Doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Really excited for our conversation about credit cards and Wi-Fi money. So maybe you could just introduce yourself to everyone listening. Sure. Um, so I've actually been a longtime reader of um, Bowtie Bull, Wall Street Playboys. Um, I think I first discovered their blog around 2013, 2014. Um, and then I kind of delayed starting my own Wi-Fi business um, for many years. Um, and then, so I got into credit card churning around 2016. Um, and then when I want to bowtie, um, bowtie bull started the jungle, I want to participate in a way I wasn't really an expert at e-com or affiliate marketing, you know, I had some experience with that. So I decided that my niche would be credit card churning, um, with the goal of helping people start their first Wi-Fi um, income stream or just an additional income stream. And the idea is that people can earn $10,000 uh, within their first 12 months. Awesome. So maybe we should hop right into that. So let's start with the credit card churning and, or rather, let's start with how you found the jungle, how you found Wall Street Playboy. So if you go a little bit more into detail, what were you up to? How did you stumble into the blog? Sure. Um, yeah. So I think it was either 2013, 2014. So quite a while back i think you know one of the earlier ones um i was at a party um, i was just kind of you know bsing um one of my friends you know we were talking and i was looking for a career change at the time i was you know doing pretty well but i didn't really love what i was doing i wanted to level up in life and so um my buddy's like hey there's a blog wall street playboys you should check it out i thought the name sounded kind of douchey to be honest um so i made a note in my phone I think I, I looked at it that night and then I looked at it a few times. I'm like, what is this? And then a few weeks later, I kind of did a deep dive and I'm like, wow, like this is, this is pretty insane stuff. It honestly felt like a gut punch. Um, it kind of like changed my whole mindset. Um, prior to that, I thought I was doing pretty well in life. Um, and then, you know, you read about people making $400,000, $500,000 at age, you know, 25, 26, and I'm like, whoa, I, I definitely need to reevaluate things. I completely relate to that gut punch feeling. I had a very similar experience. Um, and the idea that I thought I was doing well, I thought I was on the path to success, and we actually weren't. And we had no idea until we read this random Substack article or investment advice. So it is fascinating how well they were able to convey how screwed all of us are, <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> totally. So you're at this party. So your friend um, showed you Wall Street Playboys. Is he still involved or did you kind of stick with it for 10 years and you're here at the jungle now? You don't have to share any personal information about him, but did he stick with it or is he, you know, no longer involved? So he was a software developer. Um, so he wasn't even like an investment bank or anything. Um, and, you know, I, I saw him like a few years later, I was chatting because, you know, most people, most of my friends, I'm not really talking about this stuff in real life unless I think that they might, um, they might value it, but he kind of stopped reading them. 
um, which was surprising. But I, I think, you know, he's doing pretty well. Mm -hmm. He kind of digested the information and um, he started his own business. Um, and yeah, he's doing pretty well. I, I don't think he continues uh, to read. Interesting. Um, When but I was, I, I'm, I'm certainly grateful for him, you know, sharing this with me. absolutely. Um, I was speaking to Gator about this, about the first call to start the jungle and to start your jungle account and how you needed to be pretty open-minded to buy in enough to do that. Like it's a pretty strange request or not even request suggestion. Like, Hey, why don't you make an anonymous Twitter account and sell something on the internet? from a random investment advice subsect that you've been subscribed to for 10 years. And he said, you have to be super open-minded to do that. So what was your reaction when uh, Bowtie Bull said, hey, start your jungle account? Were you gung-ho about it? Did you tell your girlfriend at the time about it? Or did you kind of make the account surreptitiously as you will? Yeah. Um, so it's funny. I mean, you know, I've been a long time reader. I've definitely benefited a ton um, from all from reading. You know, I've read every single post. If you ask me about any sort of random Wall Street Playboys article from 2015, 2016, I could probably tell you, give you a synopsis of it. Wow. So that that's how kind of all in I was. Um, and then when the jungle came out, I was like, yeah, I need a bowtie account. Like that has to happen. Um, but, you know, I, I had a few Wi-Fi money ventures. Um, I wasn't like elite at any one to where in, in the capacity where I thought I can start my own, um, you know, bow tie character. Um, and then I was like, wait, hang on a second. Like maybe I can just do one with credit card churning. And I think people will, will value that. And then so earlier this October, um, my wife and I went to the Caribbean for a little over a week. We stayed at an all inclusive, you know, we flew there. Um, we stayed on property. We ate. Everything was entirely free. Even our Uber to and from the airport was free. Um, so the only money we spent pretty much all vacation was just tipping. Wow. And uh, yeah, we tipped pretty well, right? Because we didn't have to pay for anything else. <laughs> so after we got back from the trip, I was talking, um, we were having dinner with one of my good buddies and his wife. Um, and and she's like, oh, tell us about your trip. We want to hear about it. Like, like, how do you guys always travel? And like, how do you not pay for it? Like, this sounds so sketchy. And I'm like, actually, it's pretty easy. Um, like, I can teach you if you want. And like, you know, we've had this conversation several times now, but you don't really want to learn. And she's like, no, you know, it takes too much effort. Um, I don't think it's as easy as you make it out to be. I, I think, you, you know, you need to spend a lot of time doing this. Um, and so like, no, I don't. Like, I could literally teach anybody this. And then the kind of, you know, the wheel starts spinning in my head. A few weeks later, I had a bad day at work and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to just create this Bowtie Bomb account and just create the sub stack and then just let it rip, see what happens. Okay, well, I want to know, how easy is it to get free vacations to tropical destinations? Walk me through the process. So it's actually, it happens to be quite easy, right? So there, um, you know, credit cards offer these lucrative sign-up bonuses, right? Mm -hmm. And so... You know, you spend $3,000, $4,000, um, and then you get, you know, $1,000 back. Um, but those, that money is is in the form of either Chase Ultimate Rewards, um, Amex Membership Rewards, and oftentimes those points that you get that are, you know, roughly $1,000, mm -hmm. they can be worth $4,000 if you know how to use them and, you know, redeem them correctly. Um, and then so you do this, you know, a few times, 
all of a sudden you're kind of banking these rewards where you can use um, whenever you want to go wherever you want. And eventually, you know, after a year or so, and once you learn the ropes um, and you continue kind of participating in this, you just build up this travel bank and you can travel the world, go wherever you want and stay wherever you want, either entirely free or heavily subsidized. Okay. And I, it's I, interesting. I... It's, it's interesting because I've never met anybody that's really done this and quit. Like kind of, it's like once you're in it, you're kind of in it for life. Just cause it's just like, it's such a better way of traveling than like, you know, paying for it. Right. Right. I know uh, Bowtie Broke was saying that he puts a lot of his business expenses on the same card and he always uses a credit card sorely to get the perks and points. Always paying it off, of course, but it does. There's no reason not to. I have a confession. I don't have a credit card. I'm scared of it. I watched Confessions of a Shopaholic when I was young and worried I would get addicted to it. We had a lot of credit card debt when I was young, so I'm worried about it. But I definitely need to get one to just build my credit and eventually be able to get a mortgage. So it's on my list. But I'm interested in this concept of manufactured spend that I was reading about on your Substack. Can you walk me through that as well? Yeah, absolutely. That's that's definitely a key part to this game. Um, first of all, it sounds pretty sketchy, right? That term manufactured yeah. spending. Yeah, totally. And that's kind of what um, what pushed me away from it at the beginning. So essentially all we're doing here, right, is we're putting spend on our credit card um, for the main, the sole reason of just generating credit card points, right? So we don't really care about the item that we're buying. The goal is ultimately to, you know, put spend on our credit card in a fashion where we can get that cash back to our bank account in a relatively quick and like predictable amount of time. So for instance, in the early 2000s, um, the US government, they issued a gold coin um, where, you know, you can buy a dollar gold coin right from their website, free shipping. And some smart people realize that they can, you know, use their rewards credit cards, buy tens of thousands of dollars of these coins at once, simply drive to the bank deposit them into their account, and then do this over and over again. Okay. First so I'm not, yeah. I'm not sure whether that's like the, the beginning of manufactured spending, um, but I think that definitely got the wheels spinning for many people. And I think that's how this whole community evolved. So basically, I am using my credit card to buy something that can be easily converted into cash in my bank account. Um, I just have to pay taxes on the initial purchase, I imagine, and maybe on the conversion, depending on what, you know, commodity or whatever I bought. And that just is going to be profit based off of the signing bonus for the credit card. So I was wondering about this. Okay, two questions. One, do credit card companies not know about this? They 100% know about this. Um... And there's nothing they can do. No, I mean, like banks have some of the most sophisticated technology in the world, right? So they know what's going on. I think um, they don't bother fighting it for the most part because we're such a small mm. group, like in the whole world, that's not really worth coming after for the most part. Um, they are a little bit more strict during the sign-up bonus period. So I'll tell, you know, the Bowtie Bum community, there's some things that you should not, you know, spend your money on or some there's some sort of, there's some kinds of manufacturer spending techniques that you absolutely should not do during the signup uh, bonus period. Some that are, you know, very blatant. Like if you go to, um, you go to Staples, you buy like a $500 MasterCard gift card. Um, 
like that comes out to be like 505.95 or something. Right. Um, and that's generally flagged because they know that people use that to buy money orders to either deposit to their own account or their wife's account or something like that. However, after the sign up bonus period, um, most of these card issuers, they don't really care unless you're like extremely late. Like if you're making $80,000 and you're spending a million dollars, um, you know, a month or a year or something that could, you know, raise some red flags. <laughs> and so there's two components to building the stream of income. So first is capitalizing on the signup bonuses. And then there's also the perk building for vacations and miles on airlines. And then there's also cash back, right? For some of these cards, like 3% cash back at certain places, I guess at the certain places would not apply because you're not using manufactured spend at a gas station where you would get 5% back at for gas or something like that. Oh, but do I have those three? You are, you are totally using manufactured spend at a gas station. That's one of the best places to do it. And so and what so, are you, you're buying the MasterCard at the gas station or what are you buying? So, so I, so I actually have, a, I have two posts that I could plug. One is called, it's also, you know, part of my handle now is get 8% back on every purchase or not going to make it. Like I, I get 8% back on every single purchase that I make. Um, also at gas stations, that's actually a really good place because a lot of them have gas station rewards. So um, Speedway, for instance, um, if you buy any gift cards, you'll get like a good chunk of Speedway rewards. And ultimately that will lead to free gas. So like I haven't paid for gas in the last year and a half. Holy crap. Um, yeah. And like, I don't <laughs> plan on, unless anything changes, like I don't plan on ever really paying for gas anymore. How many credit cards do you have? Um, so I won't really advise, especially the new people list, but well over a hundred, um, I've authorized users too, just under my name. So like last year, Amex had a deal where if you get 99 employee cards for every $2,000 you spent, you got, what was it? I think it was like $200 back up to 99 times. And then you could redeem them for more. So essentially, my wife and I each got over $20,000 um, back from Amex last year. Okay, now you got my so, blood pumping. This is a much bigger pie than I was anticipating. Um, but 100 cards seems like a lot to manage and a lot of time. And you said that this doesn't take you a ton of time. So how do you limit the time spent on managing all of these different cards and accounts? So right now I just, I pretty much do it in my sleep. Um, I think that's like a big hesitancy for a lot of people that are joining. I think, you know, one of the big things is to, to stay really organized. So I just have spreadsheets that have like every single card I have, um, the annual fee, the last time I put, you know, a purchase on that card, because I want to make sure that cards just don't go dormant and like close on me. That actually happened to me for what, for this discover card, not a huge deal. Cause I didn't have it for many years, but like my first credit card ever, you know, in 2005, like if mm -hmm. that closed, that would kind of skew the average age of accounts. So like, it's important for me to like always put a few dollars on that every few months or so. Mm -hmm. Um, and then like employee cards, like whatever, those aren't really, those aren't real cards. So like, for instance, last year, um, I called up Amex and I said, Hey, like I need 99 employee cards. And they're like, okay, like what are their names? And I'm like, you know, just use Roman numerals, um, bowtie bum one, bowtie bum two, like all the way through 99. So wow. I just got 99 cards in my own name. And then like, like I said, like I, for my 99, I, I got 
a little over $20,000 on my wife's name. She got $20,000. So last year was pretty good. I think we did around like $55,000 in credit card rewards. And so the 99 cards you got for your, you know, your yourself and also for your wife, did you have a minimum spend on any of those cards? And is all of this spending that you're doing manufactured spending? Where do you put your actual, like, I need to buy groceries. You put that on a credit mm -hmm. card too as well. Do you separate that somehow to keep it organized? Yeah. So, so I put almost everything that if I'm not working towards a, uh, a sign up bonus, I put almost everything on one of two cards. There's city cards. And the reason being is because you can actually, um, you can pay off the balance over the phone using gift cards, which you can buy through another credit card. So it's a little bit of a whole system. It sounds complex. Um, but once you get it, it's actually really easy. That's like what my community is doing. Um, you know, they join and they're like, what is going on? And then usually it takes about two to four weeks and then people are doing the same thing. So I would say a lot of those guys are getting 8% back on all their purchases and also, you know, getting massive sign-up bonuses. Um, there's there's literally a step-by-step -step plan. You know, like I, I had the original plan and then I broke it down into each quarter. So there's like a Q1 plan that people followed. The people that followed the plan made over $2,500. Right. So that's a quarter of the way towards the $10,000 yearly threshold. Um, and a few people made a lot more. I think one guy that I spoke to was like, look, man, your credit score is not that great. You might want to improve it before you begin this game because you might not get approved for these cards. He mm. was actually one of the leading guys. I think he made like $4,500 uh, the first three months. Wow. Okay. Tangible results as well. So I am concerned about how this affects your credit. I don't know the answer to this question. Does the number of credit cards you have open affect your credit in any way? It can it only be beneficial if you pay them off. Well, you definitely have to pay them off, right? And right. that's something that I warn everyone with. Like if you're gonna if you're gonna get a credit card, you need to pay it off in full every single statement, like without fail. Um, so I actually looked at my credit score before this. It's like 828, and I have well over 100 cards. Okay. So in general, it's your score will will lower a few points when you apply because that's, that's called a hard pull, right? So that mm -hmm. inquiry that's run um, will kind of make your, your score dip a little bit. And after a few months, it goes back to normal. And then as you pay, as you continue to pay your car off in full, it'll actually increase over time. So by doing this hobby, my credit score is like way, way higher than it should be or otherwise would be if I didn't do this, which means if you've been reading the news, I'm going to have to pay a fee on my mortgage. <laughs> when I get a house because that makes sense right right super logical um fascinating step okay so then would you recommend whoever is listening this how would you tell them to get started are there should they open up one or two cards and make sure they can manage those ones should they practice their first manufactured spend make sure it goes correctly how would you kind of walk them through building this operation? So I'll, I'll plug my Substack. So my Substack is literally designed for that. Um, like I said, like I didn't start Wi-Fi money for a long time and then I've had some success, but I think what really, you know, got me attempting, you know, some e-com and some affiliate marketing was that I already had this income stream, right? So I was mm. making money on the side in addition to my W2 job. Um, and pay rent some months, some years. I was able to cover groceries and bills. Um, 
And that's kind of how I looked at things. Like, you know, I want to start by paying my rent. I want to start by paying all my groceries, you know, my bar tabs, like everything. Um, and so I really think that starting Wi-Fi money and making money is um, psychological, 100%. That's an old school Wall Street Playboy post. Um, it, it definitely is. And so like my whole mantra is like after, you know, one year of the bowtie bump community, um, you know, who's more likely to start their own scalable six figure or seven figure online business? Is it the person that is making already has a five figure, you know, income stream in addition to their W2 or the guy that just has a W2 and goes home and plays Call of Duty and mm. like turns on OnlyFans, mm. right? Like it's a no brainer. The person that already has an income stream has such a leg up and like that momentum, all the psychological changes. And so that's kind of the reason why I started this whole, uh, this whole Substack. You know, that makes a ton of sense. And it's a theme I have heard from all of these wonderful people that I've interviewed is that having that first income stream helped them so much with starting the big one. So talking to Broke, you know, he started his Amazon uh, arbitrage business, which is no longer a baby income stream, but it started out as a baby income stream. And that helped him get back into real estate, which became a monster income stream. So it's that flexibility. And it also is this sense of, I am competent enough to make these things work beyond just my W-2. I don't need a boss to be my security. I can be my own security. And I completely agree with you. And even just with my little baby income stream on YouTube, it does make me feel more confident in my future endeavors because you have a little bit of sweat equity in something that you've built. So I completely relate to that. And I think it's great. And also you're not talking about monopoly money here. You're talking about a lot of money. So if you needed seed money to go start a business, you definitely could do it with this based on the numbers that you just told me. Yeah. I mean, I, I think so. And also, um, like you were talking about, um, Bowtie broke and, and Amazon reselling and actually had Bowtie Mahi on the Substack for a guest post because credit card churning and like Amazon reselling, like those two go so hand in hand. They work, they work so well together um, that, you know, I've been telling people in my Slack community that the best MS you can do is, is Amazon reselling, right? Because if you kill two birds with one stone, you'll be knocking off these, um, these minimum spend requirements and you'll also be making money and learning about that business as well. Even if you were flat with Amazon reselling, which it'd be hard to with all the resources now in the jungle, you'd still be better off doing that for a year than doing the other manufacturing spending techniques. But it all depends on your time, right? Because what I try to focus on is what's called couch MS. So you're just doing manufacturing spending from your couch, right? So either your literal couch, um, if you have a break in between meetings at work, the methods that I teach can all be done from home. That's so, I was actually thinking that as you were describing the manufactured spending, I was like, what if you could make profit on every one of those transactions as well beyond just the credit card points? So I was actually mm -hmm. thinking of the retail arbitrage. And it's funny that you mentioned Mahi because he's actually going to be the podcast guest directly before you. So it's a good one-two punch for the listeners so they could... Um, learn a bit more about that and then also how to get some capital through those pipes. But yeah. Okay. So what, what do you think someone who's opened up your Substack for the first time, what could they feasibly make in a year that you would feel comfortable saying like, yes, this is absolutely possible for a newbie doing the credit card churning. 
Yeah. So, so I guess going back to your question before I kind of got sidetracked. Um, yeah. So like my Substack pretty much has a step-by-step -step plan um, with a $10,000 in your first 12 months baseline, right? So if you followed the basic plan, um, you should expect to earn roughly $10,000 within your first year. Um, many people, it looks like people are, a bunch of people are going to earn, you know, a lot more than that, especially um, those with a, a second player. So we call it like P2 in the community. So if you have, you know, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, even sometimes like a mother or grandmother, even some people have this kind of thing where they can, you know, apply for cards in their name. Obviously, you want to be truthful and very honest if you're going to do this with someone and kind of understand how this whole process works. But a lot of people that, you know, start earning twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000, they have access to a P2, P3, P4. So I would say generally for people that are new to this game, starting out year one, you could expect to earn around $10,000 um, within your first 12 months. If you decide to parlay Amazon FBA as well, um, you know, talking to Mahi, $10,000 seemed like extremely reasonable your first year, mm -hmm. especially with the resources, like I said, with the jungle. And then there's a third um, little method that has been a huge pain in the ass. There's just been a lot of red tape, a lot of headaches, a lot of phone calls, but I'm hoping to roll that out later in Q, uh, Q2. So hopefully sometime in like late May or early June, that's gonna be another um, income stream for the Bowtie Bump community or anybody else who wants to participate. And that will be kind of more passive. It'll also be kind of what you make of it. Um, you can make 10,000, you can make a few hundred, but the sky's the limit. So I'm really excited for that. I really wish I had all that wrapped up before this call because I wanted to speak to it. Unfortunately, I don't. So everybody stay tuned, I guess. Well, I'm on the edge of my seat. That was very good suspense building because now I yep. want to know. So <laughs> something know. to look forward to. And, and, and so collectively, right? So in 2023, the Bowtie Bump community, we're looking to do uh, $1 million uh, collectively, right? Um, which sounds a bit crazy, but if you actually look at the numbers, that's only just 100 people following the plan. Hmm. And so I, I have more than 100 subscribers, um, quite a few more. And so we're we're well beyond pace to earn a collective $1 million in the, by the end of 2023. I think it'll be closer to $2 million. It might even be you know, a decent amount more than that. And then long-term by 2028 or 2030, um, I'm hoping to grow it to 100 million collectively. And then by 2035, EGen Island, I'm hoping to do uh, 1 billion um, collectively. And that's annually. Amazing. I think it's so cool. You make me want to open up some credit cards. <laughs> so what is the process that you go through to find the best cards? Do you have some ride or dies that you will always have forever and ever you mentioned those two city cards but they're oh, always yeah, coming sure. out with new ones um so how do you evaluate and compare the cards for what's best for you so for me and for everybody you know in my little community now um so th there's two different kinds of cards that I get. So one is just one with a huge sign-up bonus, right? Like a sexy card that you can't say no to. Mm -hmm. um, and then the other type is what I call like a long-term or forever hold, meaning that like once you apply for it, you're going to have it forever, right? Because the value is so outsized that it just, it makes sense to keep it forever. Um, particularly any, you know, any card with a no annual fee, like never get rid of that. Obviously you don't have to pay a fee. So why would you? Mm -hmm. um, 
and I generally I don't cancel any cards ever. Um, generally, when I apply, I'll make sure that there's some sort of path that I could downgrade to a no annual fee card. Um, so I just downgrade it, and then I just end up never paying a fee, right? Because I want to keep all these accounts active so that you know it helps build my credit. Mm. Um, but chasing cash. Like I just talk about, I tweet about that all the time. Like that's like one of the best cards ever because it's very, very easy to MS. Um, I think like when I was, when I was hyping it up earlier this year, it had like a $900 sign up bonus. Um, and then you can make an additional 1250 each year because it's office supply manufactured spending, which is extremely easy. Um, yeah, I, I read posts about it. Like the whole process is in the Bowtie Bum community Slack. Um, so that's like a no brainer. I just tell people like, you know, get one. If you get a different card, you can convert to that. Like you want as many of these as you possibly can. I have you, about eight right now. And you said office spending, office supply manufacturing so, so spending? Office supply spending. Yeah. And so we kind of have, we have this application. Um, a lot of people in the Slack community, we have this, this phone app where you can kind of just you can buy these virtual cards that code as office supply spending, right? So that's five, um, five X, um, oh. up to $25,000 a year. And so people, you know, people in the Slack have been buying $400 of these cards every single day, uh, when they're available. And then we use these cards to pay off our city card. Um, so, and so that's how you're getting the two, 3% back plus the additional 5% back. Hence 8% back on everything. Wow. Uh, because those, those yeah, those five those five X points can either be redeemed if you have a different card for, for more than five cents. It's like one point twenty five X. Um, can't do the math right now, but maybe that's like six something. Um, or you can transfer them to Hyatt, which is a great transfer partner because the value there is insane. Like you can like there's there's a uh, an all inclusive um, hotel in Mexico. I think it was like. 1600 or 1500 a night and it was like 20,000 you know 20,000 of these points which would be like $200. What? So like that's kind of where that value shines. Wait, say that again? $200 for 20,000 points which got you the all-inclusive resort for one night? Yeah, it's so it's not where I stayed but generally with with Chase Hyde is one of the best um transfer partners, right? So like say you had 20,000 Chase points that would be about $200 if you were to cash it out. Mm. Um, but sometimes if you transfer those 20,000 points to Hyatt, you can book a room that's worth like over $1,000 a night. Wow. So that's where the value sometimes gets insane. Yeah. I remember watching Shark Tank when I was really little and there was a guy who proposed his like travel point transfer calculator, which essentially he's doing, I think what you are doing with all the different transferring between different accounts. And he had some calculator that did it and helped people do it. They didn't invest in it, but I thought it was a great idea at the time. How much time do you think that this takes you on a week basis to just roughly ballpark it for me? Okay. So obviously the main focus for me right now is this Substack writing like posts that guide people on their journey and then answering like a ton of Slack uh, questions. So if you're a paid Substack subscriber, you have access for free to the Slack community. Um, so instead of like doing coaching, you can pretty much ask questions uh, and I'll answer them, you know, relatively quickly. Uh, the nice thing is a lot of these people have just internalized all this so well 
a lot of times just other members of the community are answering them on behalf. And usually they're right. Sometimes I have to correct them, but no, dude, don't tell them that. Like, that's completely wrong. Um, but oftentimes they're right. So I would say like the typical progression of somebody that joins um, the Bowtie Bump community is, you know, there's a lot of Substack posts, right? So you have to kind of take a weekend. You have to kind of read, you know, most of the posts. You have to kind of digest it. And you kind of have to go into Slack and kind of see what's going on and what everyone's talking about. Because if you're not familiar with it, it's kind of Chinese. Mm -hmm. um, and then kind of once you get the hang of it, I just encourage people to ask questions before they apply to a card or like there's no question that's too stupid. Yep. Um, and then after you get over that hump, which probably takes like maybe a month to six weeks, it should be more than like maybe two hours a week max. Like you should just have like, and I like, I'll provide the spreadsheets, everything to, you know, to stay organized, to keep track of everything. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel. Like I, I have things that work that you can just copy and use. Um, and so after you get over that kind of newbie hump, um, you just kind of use that Slack resource just to ask questions, but you don't have to obsess over it anymore, right? It's something that you learn and then you move on to your, your real Wi-Fi scalable business. Two hours a week is very doable and you're generating a lot of money for two hours a week. That's a very high ROI if you're making 10 grand, um, even throughout a whole year. So for sure. Okay. So two hours a week and I have this money now. So I'd like to know what your goals are. And you already mentioned like growing the Bowtie Bum community and we don't need to touch on, you know, e-com or affiliate as well. But are there any other goals that you're hoping for your jungle um, business or income stream? Are you going to stay specifically within credit churn? Are you going to divvy anywhere else? Are you just going to stay right here in this niche of here's how you make a ton of money churning on credit cards and travel points? It's interesting because it's kind of evolved in real time. Like when I when I first started this, um, I didn't really know where it would go. It's actually funny. Uh, I forgot to mention this. I, I started the Bowtie Bum account December 2021. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, oh, like I'm going to start it like next weekend or I have to like set up this LLC or I have to do this, I have to do that. And I just kept delaying it. I'm like, you know, no one's going to really read this. Like everyone knows how to do this kind of stuff. And then in like October, I had a bad day at work. It's like, fuck it. I'm just going for it. Um, so I waited a whole year. Like I had the idea already. And then like after that dinner that I told you about, and then um, just after that bad day, I'm like, all right, let me just, let me do it. Um, and so I think like it was like Halloween, the, the Substack like that, um, the Substack was already created. I just wasn't really posting. And then I think I posted like some posts like, hey, like, Bowtie bomb, here's what we're doing. And then I like delayed like a week or two. Um, and then it was Halloween, like night. And I like commented on Bull's account. And then like he retweeted me. And then I like, commented something else and I got retweeted with that too. So I got all these followers now. And then I have mm. like, Substack traffic. I'm like, wow, I kind of have to do this now. So then like that really started me. Um, I kind of like put the wheels in motion, got me started. Um, yeah. And so initially I just was trying to focus on the credit card churning. Now I'm trying to help um, help people parlay that with the Amazon mm -hmm. uh, reselling. And then that third method, we'll see how that goes. I'm, I'm very hopeful on that. And from there, yeah, I think short-term, I want to focus on just like having a consistent product, trying to find a balance between not inundating everybody with new information, mm. but kind of like helping sure they stay on the right track. And then also like, I want to welcome people, but 
I did a free trial um, twice now for a week. And I kind of want to cap that because I don't want like hundreds of people in a Slack group, like asking a million questions. So I'm trying to kind of like navigate what that looks like. Um, but I think, yeah, I think at some point it's definitely going to expand beyond credit card churning. Um, it just, that's kind of like my niche for now. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I have like, I, I was never really into social media before like November. Like I just, I was kind of anti-social media now. Like I want to start a YouTube channel. Like I want to like build Ooh. my Instagram a bit more, do some TikTok. Yeah. Oh, I think you do fantastic on TikTok. <laughs> like how um, to make tons of money with credit cards. You do fantastic and you show tons of different tropical locations in a fancy Lamborghini. And you're like, I did all yeah. of this with mm -hmm. my credit card. Yeah, I've been playing around with some video editing. I'm like CapCut Pro. Made a couple of videos. I need to start that too. It's just like with other, like I was so close to not starting Bowtie Bum just because like, you know, with other Wi-Fi money businesses, with the grueling W-2, you know, I've, I have a two-year-old baby. Um, there's very little time, but, you know, I just made it work. Like, that's just an excuse, right? Like, you can always find extra time in the day. Like, yeah. I, I don't really watch any TV. I have no idea what's going on in culture. I mean, like, <laughs> don't really care. Like, I'm I'm trying to grind and I'm trying to, to build this community. And I, I really want to see everybody succeed. I think at the beginning, if people unsubscribed or, or you know, people um you know sign up for the free trial but they didn't sign up for the pay trial i was like i really cared a lot like i'm like look man i want you to su succeed now i don't really care as much at an individual level like if someone unsubscribes i'm like okay sucks but whatever but like as a collective cohesive unit like everyone that's a paid subscriber like i want to do everything i can in their power to earn a ten thousand dollar income stream because i remember for years i was reading wall street playboys and i'm like i need you know some wi-fi money and back then they were kind of more like Wall Street and like kind of game focused. So they didn't really talk about Wi-Fi money as much. I think they talked about affiliate marketing a little bit later on. But like with the resources, with the jungle that everybody has now, like there's really no excuse. Um, and I think the the network, the jungle is fantastic. Guys like Bowtie to Possum, like they, they dumb it down so much mm -hmm. that you really can't start. And if you can't start there, you can start with me. And if you can't make money from my Substack, then harsh truth, I, I don't think you have any hope. <laughs> no, I'm just being I mean, serious. Fair. I think it's kind of fair because you're giving them a step-by-step, -step, do exactly this thing. And fundamentally, mathematically, you cannot not make money if you do yeah, exactly what I, you tell them to do. Exactly. And I think <laughs> with, like, with like e-com and affiliate marketing, you can't like you can kind of copy people, but you can't like literally copy and do the exact same thing with, with this. I encourage it. Just, just copy me. Like you don't have to do any thinking and like, don't obsess over it. Just follow the plan and like go about your day and like try to get a better job. Mm -hmm. like, start an econ business, start affiliate marketing, start copywriting, but like, don't focus on this. This isn't the end all be all of your Wi-Fi money. This is kind of like a step one this is to get your foot in the door, you know, go from zero Wi-Fi money income streams to a, a five-figure, you know, $10,000 income stream in one year, look back at the end of 2023 and be like, cool, I did that. And like, you know, internalize it, keep doing it, you know, check back in the Slack and read the post, but like start building things on your own, like bigger and better. I love this because I do think that people tend to wait too long to start on something like an e-com 
or a content website because the time to any sort of monetary reward is very, very long. So this is a quick reward comparatively, and it does at least get you spending two hours of your week, as you said, not watching TV, but working on something that benefits you. And it's foolproof. So I think that this is great as a way to get people to start some sort of side hustle income rather than writing article after article after article with no sign of progress. And also this is easier than reselling toys as I talked to Bowtie Lemmings about when he was dragging, I don't even know what it was, kiddie pools up three flights of stairs at 10 p.m. at night and packing My Little Ponies at 8 a.m. on a Saturday morning. This is a lower barrier to entry for sure. 100%. And like, by the way, those those two hours, right? So like I said, it, it will take a little bit more than that initially to kind of to get your, your foot off the ground. But like eventually those two hours a week, like you, you, even if you work in person at a W-2, like do it on your lunch break, do it in between meetings. Like a lot of staying organized is, is using Excel and spreadsheets. So I doubt your boss is going to be like, Hey, asshole, like, what are you doing on Excel right now? You know, like it looks like you're doing work anyway. So you don't have to do it at home. Do it on your lunch break. Do it in the office. Do it wherever. Like, it's not something to obsess about. Oh, if the person cannot find two hours a week to make $10,000 a year, then they're not going to make right. it. But, but by the way, a lot of people consider this um, tax-free because it's a, it's a rebate, right? Oh, geez, Louise. $10,000. Yep. So so the, fi- the, 50, the 55000 I was talking about would really be like, depending on where you live, like, what, 85, 90 Holy maybe? guacamole, people. that hurt my heart a little bit to hear that number (laughs) yeah i'm like you know join this do the things and buy a car like do whatever like honestly like like start your own thing like that's i had so many years of cringe just reading like those like wall street playboy articles and it wasn't like it gave me depression but it was like this sense that's like looming over me like i'd be at a party you know i'd be doing some stupid stuff and i'm like i really should be building like my business <laughs> but i didn't know where to start and anyone listening like now you know where to start i know so many people in that exact position you're like that meme where everyone's dancing and you're in the corner sad i've been in that position yes. many times yep. um but 100%. going from zero to one is so 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 difficult especially for like a bigger business where you need to solve the need and deal with customers and build a product and market it mm. that's really difficult to come up with an idea and then execute it. So I understand why people are like, okay, I want to start making money. What do I do? And this is a foolproof way to start. And I think that is the biggest selling point. Obviously it's a ton of money, but also like you cannot screw this up. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, we haven't, we haven't had any like massive meltdowns. I'll, I'll just tell a story real quick. Like there was a guy, this guy came in the slack. I got his permission to tell the story. And, um, and like he reached out to me, he's like, you know, my credit score is pretty bad. And I looked at it, I was like, eh, yeah, it's not great. Like, definitely prove that before you uh, you get this Chase card. Um, and, and so he got denied, of course. He's like, what do I do now? I was like, oh, well, I told you what to do. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, maybe try to go and branch. Like, you know, make your story if you had a late payment a few years ago or something. Like, you know, plead your case in person why you really want this card. Um, and he went to one of the um, one of the bank. You know, employees and they sat down and he's like, look, like if I get approved this card, I'll take you out for drinks at this rooftop bar across the street. 
Uh, and I guess this girl was uh, buying what he was selling because um, she just went up, you know, up the chain. She was calling a few people. He ended up getting approved. And I think that I heard the date went pretty well. I'm not sure. If, <laughs> I think this is a, a PG podcast, so I can't really talk about all the details. Uh, but yeah, he, he got the he got the uh, the card approved. He's actually one of the top earners. I think he did like 4,500 in Q1. Which twenty five twenty five hundred was the threshold. He just blew it out of the water. And this third, um, this third method that I'm gonna roll out soon, he's gonna he's gonna kill it. Like this guy has so much hustle, like he's gonna blow it out of the water. So I'm excited for him. That is an awesome story, and I hope the date went swimmingly. But there are so many people who would not even try to go to the branch. They would get rejected online and say, "Well, guess this credit card thing isn't gonna work for me." hundred percent here like, i go the, the, the weird thing is like out of like all my friends that like all you know i'll go on like not to mention like the cash aspect but to be able to travel like wherever you want whenever you and just be like yeah it's like that's what my wife and i do and like we have a baby now we might have another kid and like we'll go wherever we want like you know if i if i get a worse job or other things happen like i still have this to lean on and like if we prioritize travel we can just travel wherever we want whenever we want and unless like these policies and rules change like i'll be able to do that the rest of my life so as like a huge travel junkie too like it just like that's just so cool that but that in and of itself that, that makes being, it worth it oh god so worth it um especially like if you want to go first class like you know, I was able to go first class in my twenties just by banking up these credit card rewards points because that's one of the best uh, redemptions. Like Amex points, you you transfer them to the airline partner and you're booking first class flights for like pennies on the dollar. But what's really interesting is like I'll come back from these, I'll come back from these trips or I'll tell people about it, and they're like, "That's so cool! How do I learn?" And you start explaining it to them, and they're like, "Oh no, I'm good. That sounds like a lot of work." Mm -hmm. And so like I have like one or two friends that I share this knowledge with, like my own brother is just like not interested yet. He doesn't travel cause he can't afford it. Mm. Like, yeah. So it's like, it's a weird, like psychological thing. Like it's not for everybody, but like people that do get it, like they, they tend to do pretty well. I've heard the same thing from other people I've interviewed that they have gone to their close friends and family and been like, look what I've been able to do. Here's exactly how you do it. And they, it doesn't take up with them. It definitely is a certain mindset and I think once, as you said at the beginning of this podcast, once you make that first step outside of this mindset of just doing my day job, going to bed, doing it all over again, you are so, okay, yes, to all of these different opportunities. I'll try it. Let me do one. Let me get one credit card and do some manufactured spend. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but at least I gave it a go. That kind of willingness to use my time on something that may be far-fetched. I don't know if this is going to work. That is the one of the bigger mindset shifts that I've had after being in the jungle for two years that I have noticed. Yeah, no, 100%. Yeah, it's weird how it's psychological. Um, but it's funny, like, all men, like, I don't know what kind of networking you do with the jungle. Like, I've, the network has just been so awesome um, in so many different ways because people are so smart, but we all kind of have that, like, turbo autism, right? Like, we're all kind of, like, the same a little bit. <laughs> totally. And, um, when you say networking, the first thing that comes to my mind is Bowtie Jester, who's my manager and my mentor, even though he would deny it if you asked him, <laughs> but I can ask him any question and he will help me with anything. He is like what I aspire to be. He's like the next level. So he owns, I don't know how many e-commerce brands, but he's doing like the real 
level of Wi-Fi money. And he'll talk to me because we're in the jungle. That is insane, completely unfathomable. If I walked up to a partner at my company, they wouldn't give me the time of day. But this e-commerce millionaire will say, hey, commoner, what's up? How can I help you? <laughs> totally, yeah. I, I remember when I was like, I think it was November, maybe I had like a couple hundred followers on Twitter. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, I, I know, I know, um, I know what to do with Substack. Like, that's easy, right? I just share my thoughts. I Like, that was easy for me. But I'm like, wait, I need to like actually like build my Twitter. And I like DM like Wi-Fi money guy. Oh, I'm not him. expecting him to respond at all. I'm like, dude, your Twitter is like really good and mine sucks. Like, what do I do? And he just gave me, he like, he's like, hey man, what's up? Like, here's what you do. You're like, here are the steps I would do in your situation. Um, you know, I think you're going to be a big account. Like you're selling something that's like great and people seem to be receptive for it. Like you're going to be a big account. I'm like, no way. Wow. <laughs> and then I followed like his advice and it worked. And like, so like I talked with him a little bit more. Um, there's a few guys I talked to on a somewhat regular basis. Um, Bowtie biohacker, by the way, like I had like a, um, like a medical, like a minor medical issue. And I like send him my blood work. Um, obviously I like, you know, blacked out the name and he's like, dude, I think here's exactly what's going on. Um, I think here's exactly what you do to fix it. So I like booked an appointment with my doctor. Um, I kind of have like a semi-private doctor situation going on. Cause I'm kind of like a little bit of a health freak. Mm. So I, I pay like a yearly fee to see this doctor and they're, they're supposed to be awesome. I'm like, hey, like here, I think here's what's going on based on my blood work. I think here's how I fix it. And the guy's like, wait, what? Like, how did you, who told you this? I was like, oh, uh, some business associate. And he's like, is he a doctor? I'm like, eh, not really. But the guy's like, well, he's right. Like the guy knows his stuff. Wow. And so like, that's just insane. Yeah. And the, it really is crazy. The unrequested help too. Sometimes yeah, people will just be sure. like, hey, I noticed this. Have you thought about doing it this way? Or that's how Jester started messaging me is he said, hey, I think you should retitle this video to this because X, Y, and Z reason. And I just did exactly what he said without ever having interacted with him. And it did work. It did help me out. And the same thing with um, tweeting on Twitter. Someone sent me, here's what I do now. This really helps grow my account. I think you would benefit. I have not been good about tweeting recently. Um, and that's something I need to work on. But again, just very helpful advice all the time from all angles. Everyone wants everyone else to make it. And there's more than enough for all of us. And you have a very specific niche. Like there's no one that's come in and tried to do anything like what you're doing, which is really nice. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think, wasn't there someone that's like helping you with your ankle injury in the jungle? <laughs> yes. I, I had a little bit of a a Thursday night LARPer took out my ankle <laughs> in my old man's league and oh, man. I wanted to wear my cute shoes to work on Friday. So I was like, do I raise it, lift it, ice it? And they said, don't do anything. You need to let it swell because that means it's healing. So I wore my clunky shoes on Friday, but whatever. <laughs> um, but yeah, just, <laughs> you know, firsthand physical therapy advice at a moment's notice from top tier members of the industry. <laughs> so yeah absolutely from from cobra and um uh bangle who's i feel like yes exactly cobra and mm -hmm. bangle like the dynamic duo yeah they're they're great i've talked to them um, a bit as well but yeah. yeah like the the jungle it just it's so powerful because you can have a question about literally anything and you're gonna get like an expert 
responding to like where else can you do that it's it's insane um and people tell me all the time i need to go to business school at work because i need to make friends and network and you know for future clients so cringe so cringe imagine um and i'm like do you know who's in my dms right now you think i need to go to business school and talk to clara from wharton i don't really think that i don't need to talk to her i have plenty of friends and they're cooler than your friends for both of us, like once we go down this rabbit hole, there's no going back. Like, no, nope, you're done. You're finish. ruined. So let me ask you, what are your long-term goals? I mean, do you want to you want to get out of um, W two corporate land, and you want to be doing this kind of thing full time? Well, yeah. So are you, are you waiting for your two X moment? Well, yeah, that would be great. Um, <laughs> we're open for a one X right now, but so basically, mm. um, I've shared this before. I'm in strategy consulting. The hours are really bad. And basically my boyfriend tells me to quit every single week and that I should just do something else. And it's just not realistic for like how I want to live my life. I want to be involved in my children's life and be a stay-at-home mom while they're very young. And that is not going to work in my current trajectory. So I need to do something else. And I don't want to be not have my own thing or income stream to work on because being on a single income is difficult in this economy, but also because I know that I am a tinkerer and I need to have something to focus on and something to work on. It will drive me crazy if I don't. And so Wi-Fi money is absolutely perfect. And it's amazing for moms, honestly, and remote work in general, because it gives you so much flexibility to continue working on something while you have the kids. So it's a dream. That's definitely something I want to invest in. I love the podcast. It's been so fun. I have talked to such cool people. So I would love to continue to do this forever and all of eternity. And the YouTube channel is a great way to grow the audience beyond the jungle because people are finding some of my other videos and then they're clicking on the podcast. So um, all the views on the podcast on YouTube are basically random YouTube vid- viewers. They're not jungle goers. So it's really great for a source, you know, new audience for the jungle in general, new audience for me. So that is the goal is kind of to grow the YouTube channel so that the podcast grows and then eventually sell products and affiliate marketing through the podcast and the YouTube channel. But I also want to graduate beyond the content creation and actually make a business that solves a need for someone, you know, like a real business. (laughs) Um, That is a goal later on as well and something that I'm working towards. But this is a great toe in the water baby step, as I say. Yeah, like like we talked about, just about getting started, right? So, yeah, I, I think big things are coming. That's exciting, and uh, yeah, be, I mean to be able to stay home and do you know work on Wi-Fi money. That's kind of the dream. Yeah, yeah. Is your goal? I don't know if you're already doing this. It sounds like you still have that W two, but is the goal I, to get I, rid of the W two? I do. I mean, the thing is, it, it's funny because I think you know starting Wi-Fi businesses make you better at your w2 totally it's kind of counterintuitive totally like, like way better <laughs> because you realize like it just makes such, you learn how to make such better use of your time especially as a parent now like i need to be so efficient with every single second of my day um so i think i've definitely leveled up with my w2 the thing is you know as you get paid more the 2x kind of that's harder <laughs> well yeah exactly i i kind of want to I kind of want to do like all Wi-Fi money businesses, like all encompassing. I want to do three X before I leave. I'm a bit more risk averse in that capacity, mm. but like, it's going to happen. I, I I can't wait to get out. I wasn't, it's just not for me. Wi-Fi money is totally for me. 
I so it's going to happen at some relate. point, hopefully, hopefully sooner rather than later. Well, I think you're going to blow up. If you're offering this much value to people and it's working this well, you're going to blow up. There's no way. Um, but in terms of the Wi-Fi versus the career or the W-2 rather, I completely agree that it makes you better. I think it makes you, because your time is so much more valuable, it makes you focus on the real drivers of value for the company as well. And you prioritize those, you knock those out and you just don't worry about the other stuff because it's wasting space in your brain. So I don't triple check emails like I'm supposed to. I write the email, I think it's okay, and I send the email. Whereas they want me to review it for tone, for language, for, of course, for grammar. But like, I'm just not worried about the really small things that normally I would be because I'm a control freak type A to the max. And so I totally think it's making me do better on in focusing on what's important. And also when the days are horrible at the W-2, I am so thankful that I have a Wi-Fi money stream to work on because I'm like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to dig this hole a little bit. I'm going to dig my way out of this hole just a little bit tonight. And it's going to mean that I don't have to do this for 40 years because otherwise I would just be thinking, this is my life for 40 years. This is what I get to do. But now I know there is a way out. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel that's so hard. Um, yeah. I mean, like I'll have like the reason I, the reason I finally pulled the trigger on this entire Substack, and which also evolved to include, you know, a Slack community too, was from one single bad day at work. I'm like, fuck this. Like I'm going to, I'm going to start this. It's been something I'm wanting to do. I, I need that creative outlet. Um, and the nice thing about this community too, is like, we, like we're in a Slack group. We just, talk to each other all day and like some 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 things could be off topic at times and people will dm me and like in other ventures that i've done whether you're selling a product like you don't have that hands-on mm. customer um it feels weird calling them customer because i feel like we're all part of this community but you don't have that hands-on customer experience the way that i do now with the slot community and like if people want advice about other things or they have questions about the jungle they just ask me and i'm like super accessible um and so to kind of have that community and kind of be working towards something where you can feel the immediate effects, um, it's just way more gratifying than any W-2 ever could possibly be. I can totally relate to that. And I think um, the the piece you said where your community members will often answer questions, sometimes they're not right, but they will, uh, they'll answer a lot of the questions for you. You're, they're adding value that you didn't even anticipate necessarily it's like they're adding to the pie by being there so the slack mm -hmm. is not only a way for you to convey information to them but their cross-pollinating is making everybody do better so i think the slack channel was a great idea yeah like you're it's like they're kind of like your your internet kids and you're seeing mm. them grow up and like learn and like make it and like you're rooting for them and like you have favorites <laughs> um, <laughs> you talk, i totally do i mean i want everybody to win but there's a few where i'm like damn, they better, they better smash that $10,000 <laughs> threshold. Like I'm rooting for them so hard. Um, but yeah, like the Slack was something I hesitated about because my wife is like, are you serious? Like you're starting another business. And I'm like, yeah, like I need to do it. And she's like, well, what is it? What's this one? And I'm like, oh, well, it's like a jungle community. She's like, or she's like, just stop, whatever. <laughs> like I, she's like, that sounds ridiculous. And like, I, I almost made the mistake of telling a couple of friends in real life. I'm like, oh, like, I started this uh, 
this homeless bum community um, for other autists. And they're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but yeah, the, the Slack thing was, I was like, you know, I was like, okay, this is going to be free um, for the, the paid subs. I think it's really going to help them move the needle and like learn. But like, damn, like I'm going to have zero life after this. If I'm like kind of opening and exposing mm -hmm. myself to being kind of on call all the time. Generally, I'll look at every single common question um, within 24 hours maximum. Um, sometimes, you know, I wake up at 2 a.m. I get can't sleep. I get inspiration for a post. Start writing a Substack post. Um, I'll just see these Slack messages and I'll respond to them. Um, it's kind of hard. I don't, sometimes I have to like just put my phone away for a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, but yeah, like I kind of knew what I was getting into when I started that. But I thought like you know I want everybody to hit that 10k threshold and like exceed it as much as they can. And so this is going to help them do it, and I'm going to do it. That's really funny explaining this to your wife. I had a similar experience explaining it to my boyfriend. And I was like, so there's this investment subsec that I follow and it's about crypto. And that's why I started following it. And then they told us to start anonymous Twitter accounts using different animal pseudonyms and we're all going to wear bow ties. And he was like, what the hell are you talking about? And I was like, and it's going to be great and I'm going to make money. He's like, honey. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about but now he's a lurker he he believes in it he helps me edit the podcast big fan but um I try to I told my brother and my brother has a lurker account but other than that I have told no one and it's really interesting because that's the way to do it trust me I tell absolutely no one and it's so funny because this takes up so much of my free time and I'll say oh, no God. to plans or I'll say oh I can't come to this and they'll say why and I have to come up with an excuse. Oh, I have a really good book. Or <laughs> I, I, you know, I want to watch The Real Housewives, so I can't come out. Sorry, dude. And really, I'm yeah. drawing stick figure cartoons or editing a podcast. The funniest example was, though, I had planned a podcast with Bowtied Ranger. And it was one of my very first podcasts. He said yes. I was so stoked. And he said 7 a.m. on a Saturday morning. And I said, absolutely, Bowtied Ranger. I'm happy to do that. And I was, except it was the weekend of Halloween and my friends surprised me by flying in to visit so we could all hang out together. But I have this call with Bowtied Ranger at 7 a.m. Saturday morning and I can't reschedule Bowtied Ranger. Like, do you know who that is? So <laughs> there's sleeping in air mattresses in my room and I just say, hey guys, I have this call. I need to go in the closet really quick. Um, but just, you know, you guys can go on your run and I'll see you when you go back. We'll go to brunch. And I'm in the closet and Bowtie Ranger and I talk about politics for three hours. So normally it's an hour long, but we just got going. And so we're just talking for three hours with my microphone in the closet. And my friends are like, commoner, what the hell are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm networking. <laughs> They're like, what? I'm like, I'm networking and he's really busy. This is the only time he could be available. And, you know, he, it, I can't say no, this is big for my career. And they're like, you were talking about politics and transgenderism. And I'm like, yeah, that's just what he wanted to talk about. <laughs> it's like the most ridiculous thing I've ever done, but they don't really care. I've learned that people are not that interested in your life as you no. think they are. No so cares. you can just no say like, I'm busy. I'm doing this. I'm sure my roommate has heard me talking to people before. Never said anything. Like they don't. They don't care what you're doing, but they do tell people, 
oh, we think commoners in the CAA because one time she had this call at 7 a.m. and I just changed the topic very suavely and we, nobody cares. <laughs> no, Nobody cares. I mean, that's, yeah, nobody cares. No one cares even if you want to publicly like build something and try to like be a jungle cartoon. Like nobody cares if you succeed or not. Like just do it, like try it, right? There's yeah. no downside. And being anonymous wow. is both detrimental and a benefit, as I talked to Gator about, because it does limit you. I mean, if you were not anonymous, you could make a bunch of YouTube videos and show all the cool places you go with your credit card points and all the first class airline flights and all those things. So it does limit you to an extent, but also so much freedom in other aspects. And my favorite part of being anonymous is that when you are starting out, you don't get any of the chirping. You know, oh, Commoner wants to start a YouTube channel. You have 76 subscribers, Commoner. This is never going to work. I didn't have to deal with any of that. It was just me in my yeah. head saying that, but none of my friends or family, you know? And now if someone did find out, it's like, well, 3,000 subscribers now. So how about them apples? Huh, exactly. <laughs> and I, I think even if you were not anonymous, like if you just like didn't tell anybody and you start creating your, your YouTube account, nobody would notice until, you know, you went viral or like, like you know tons of followers so yeah i think it's always better not to tell people in that situation i i think i told well i i told that um my buddy and his wife because you know i created this this mm -hmm. project i mm -hmm. said just to spite her she's like it can't be done. <laughs> i'm like well i'm too busy to do this but i'm gonna show you wrong um but then <laughs> but then yeah other than that there, there's no need to tell any even if you're like going to the gym you're sticking to a diet like you just you know i found it's always better to keep that to yourself mm. Because like I said, nobody cares. Nobody cares. If anything, most people will tell you, hey, man, give up the diet. It's Saturday. We're watching the game. Come have a burger with me. People like kind of pull you down a little bit. I have noticed when you're being strict or pushing yourself a little bit. A hundred percent. You kind of have to just tune all that out. Like, it's funny, like when you get together, you know, with friends or you know, you're at work and everyone's like, oh, are you watching this show? Or did you see this game? I'm like, you know, like <laughs> I, have, I have no time for any of that. And it's like, okay, so like, what, what do you say that you're doing? It's gotten to the point where everyone's like, oh, did you watch Yellowstone or Succession or whatever? And I was like, yeah. And they're like, oh, that was so crazy, dude. That was insane. And I'll just like, yes, them. Cause I'm like, you know, I, I'm like, and it's kind of funny because they have no idea. I'll yeah. Just be like, yeah, I saw that episode. I mean, I couldn't sleep after that. It was so insane. It was crazy. I can't believe that happened. And like, you know, <laughs> yeah. kind of. It's how I entertain myself too at the same time. And you like play along as much as you can and say very vague statements, and they have no oh, idea. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I I do exactly the same thing, and also, or, yeah. Or like someone will have like a plot prediction. I'm like, that's not going to happen. Dude. Are you kidding me? Like, there's no way. <laughs> That's hilarious. Also, so some of my uh, friends will complain about their day jobs. Then, you know, they'll say, oh, I had to work until 6 p.m. today. I'll be like, no way. 6 p.m. <laughs> yeah. I can't imagine. That sucks. So. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I literally, I wake up at 5 a.m. every day, <laughs> get a workout in, and then, like, work until, you know, pretty much 9 to 5, and then spend time with my two-year-old daughter like I, I try not to take time out of my day with her when she's awake especially right. on the weekends so when she naps i'll just be ready to rip up the wi-fi money and then i just like stay up really late 
and just don't really sleep. That's kind of the way to do it. Yeah, sounds great. Drink a lot of coffee. A lot of coffee. Yeah. I do a lot of coffee. I had cold brew today. Cold brew is more caffeinated than normal coffee. I didn't know that. So I was a little bit jittery. Um, <laughs> do you make it yourself? No, I'm so embarrassed. Octopod keeps making fun of me because I have a Keurig for a normal coffee. And then I buy the Starbucks cold brew from the grocery store. I'm horrible, but I'm moving okay. and I'm going to get a fancy setup. I promise. <laughs> I, I did during COVID. I got this thing like an AeroPress. Okay. It's like a French press, a little fancier, and I grind the beans fresh, and then it's uh, it makes all the difference. It really? takes like five minutes, but like it's kind of yeah, it's routine now. So uh, yeah, it's good. And does I it do hot it. coffee and a cold brew? Same process. It does. It does hot coffee. I think there's a way to do cold brew. I've never done it. I know like earlier, I think like New Year's, the jungle was all about um, what is that drink? It's not coffee. It's like oh um, yerba mate. Yes. Everybody was like, you're not drinking yerba mate. You're not going to make it. <laughs> I'm like, I think I tweeted like, guys, 2023 is the year of yerba mate. No more coffee. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I, I just usually drink coffee. No <laughs> yerba mate. But it, it's so funny how like, I think like money Twitter, the jungle's not as bad with this, but like money Twitter will have these like crazy takes. And I'm like, this is the only way. Like, people get in fights <laughs> over like best chest exercise or whatever. <laughs> And just gets so heated. It's, it's, it's insane. The whole, I mean, everything that we're doing is utterly insane, but uh, <laughs> it's pretty awesome. I'll just be walking back from work and I'll just burst out laughing like at my life because I'll just come back from a meeting, really stressful day. I'm like, I'm going to go home and I'm going to draw stick figure cartoons. That's what I'm going to do for three hours. And then I'm going to go to bed yep. and I'm going to do it all over again. And I'll just start <laughs> laughing. Like, what am I doing? But I'm, I wouldn't change it. I definitely would not change it. Yeah, and, and I'm sure you have colleagues your age, right, that are, are they're fighting. They're trying to, like, throw each other under the bus, scrape oh, and totally. claw to get, like, a $10,000, $15,000 raise, and they'll do whatever it takes. And it's like, okay, like, I want to just be like, guys, just if you could be chill, I'll just give you this $10,000 life hack, right? <laughs> Tax-free, 10K, bomb <laughs> steps, and just do it. But, yeah, that, obviously that would backfire, so haven't done that. <laughs> and also, like, uh something I also hate about my job. I don't hate my job. I actually like my job. It's just too many hours. But every two weeks, you basically have a performance review, a very mm -hmm. like informal one. And we have this very intense skill tracker and you're supposed to be on every dimension and there's 40 dimensions and people will ping in our giant Microsoft Teams group chat for our class. Like, what was the dimension for this skill at our level? Or like, what are we supposed to be pushing for right now? And people will respond and be like, I haven't looked at that tracker since the training that I wasn't allowed to go to because I'm unvaccinated and I was on Zoom, but whatever. I haven't looked at it since then. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just going to do my job that you tell me to do. You treat me like a monkey. Monkey does as monkey is told. No big thinking beyond that. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, like that that's the downside of like starting your, your Wi-Fi money business especially when you kind of see it take off it's like you go to work and you're just depressed you're like what the fuck am i doing here this is so stupid you're doing these these gender trainings you're doing all these things that just make no sense they're not efficient terrible use of employee time it's just so inefficient that you like get through the day and you're like what the fuck just happened like now let yeah. me actually work on some real business and like make some money and like help people make money and like have something that's useful rather than like 
these company lunches and stuff. It, it's funny. I, I tweet like 99% of my, my tweets are just like hating like corporate land. <laughs> and they're like, guys, I'm getting out. It's going to happen. Oh, by the way, like keep, keep, keep making that credit card money. <laughs> um, and so like some people are like, dude, you should probably tweet actually about your niche rather than just bitching about work. So I'm like, yeah, maybe one day. Um, but yeah, like, like, like once, like, you know, you're working on productive stuff, right. And you're, you're working on a business and people see the value in it and you're making money and then you go to work, you're probably like at the end of every day, you're I'm guessing you're, you have the same sort of sentiment. You're like, like, this was kind of bullshit. Mm -hmm. Totally. And also I sit around at work sometimes. So just the nature of the job is like, hurry up and wait. You have a meeting with someone you can only get 10 minutes of their time that day. So you have to grind up until that meeting. They either help you out and point you in a direction or they don't. So it's a lot of sitting around and then immense flurry of activity, fire drills. So very not consistent cadence, which is what I don't like. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. But when I'm sitting there and I'm not Mine's doing a similar anything, way. Yeah. And when I'm sitting there and I don't have anything to do, that kills me. Because I'm like, there's so many things I could be doing right now if I was at home. And this project that I'm on, I have to be in the office four out of five days a week. And it kills my soul. Because do you know how many stick figure cartoons I could work into those little half an hour gaps? It would save me so much time. But alas, yep. I don't have the control there. <laughs> I, I feel that, man. I feel that. You're probably like it's... in charge of the meetings. So you're a little bit more important. I'm the note taker in the meetings. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't change the fact that the meetings are useless, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, that's why, you know, just to have that flexibility, um, kind of live wherever you want, do whatever you want. It's once you get a taste of this, you know, Wi-Fi money, there's, there's really no going back. You either make it or you don't. And mm -hmm. if you don't make it and you still work a corporate job the rest of your life, like you're not going to be happy. It's kind of like taking the red pill, right? Like once yeah. you have this information and you act on it, like that's it. Like that's, that's your life now. Yeah. Like whether you like it or not, like that's, this is, this is what's happening. Yep. You cannot go back. You can't unknow this. You Like I just yep. can't even fathom. Even let's say the YouTube channel doesn't work, which it totally could not work. It'll be something else. Like I can't go back to watching Love Island every night for two hours, which I never really did, but it's just an example. Like yeah. I will always be using my time for something that is benefiting me. And that's another reason why I don't stress about the nine to five as much anymore, because I know that I'm in a contestual relationship with my employer because they are paying me less than I'm adding value to them. Otherwise they wouldn't hire me. And so that's always in the back of my head. Like I got to get out of here because they're, they're milking me dry right now. <laughs> totally. I mean, like I'm, I'm literally generating over a million dollars for the community, possibly well over that. And like, I can pay a million dollars, but I am, you know, getting a cut of that, like directly of that it's kind of a performance right. based, you know, right. Wi-Fi money gig. Um, and so, yeah, it, it just in corporate land, there's so many politics and there's a lot of just, you know, it's just, uh, it's like once you get a taste of not doing that, you can't really unsee that. So, I mean, imagine me, you know, this has been a 10 year thing for the first, you know, 
three or four years, I, I didn't do anything. I had analysis paralysis. I didn't know where to start. Mm -hmm. The resources weren't even close to where they were now, but there was, um, there was that post money making machine, which was like one of the best posts ever. I tweet about, it, I'm not sure if you ever read that post, but it talked about scalable, um, scalable, uh, scalable business about, you know, paid ads, you pump in X and you get like two X or whatever. And I read that post probably a hundred times. Um, they mentioned some site like stack that money, which was an old affiliate marketing uh, forum. And the sad thing was I, I paid, I think it was like $99 a month. I paid for that three or four times and then I would cancel and I'd pay. And like, I did it one summer and then I had a lot of summer plans. I had some weddings. I'm like, okay, I'll cancel and I'll do it again. And like, I, I learned affiliate marketing without any sort of guidance, without any sort of like forum. I just kind of figured it out. Uh, and I just, I did it right. Like I didn't, I didn't even need that in the first place, but mm -hmm. um, I was, I was almost looking for like either a tweet or a post that really gave you a step-by-step. -step, here's exactly what you do. Like you don't need to be creative. Um, and that really wasn't happening. Right. Because like businesses aren't like that. Like Wall Street Playboys um, talked about in the old days, like no one's just going to hand you a business idea because if it's worth doing, they would just do it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and so we talked about the importance of getting started. That was the inspiration for this Bowtie Bump community. Like you don't have to think, just copy and paste, do exactly yeah. the plan. And the people that have done that are making money. That's huge. And so, yeah. And so hopefully that will lead to, you know, people starting their own scalable thing. That's really the end goal. It's not about, the 10k from this it's not about 10k and 20k um if you parlay amazon reselling it's not about 30k if you do that third method i'm going to introduce like 30k a year is great and it's kind of it's a nice cushion to have but it's never going to make you rich so like mm -hmm. ultimately like I'm, I'm not my 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 material in and of itself is not going to get anyone rich anytime soon i'm not saying that it will ultimately you need to start your own thing but i think i'm hoping that'll get you over the hump so that you'll be able to do that. I think it's super helpful. And I do think it's missing in the jungle to an extent. Everyone has a starter guide and it's very, they're useful starter guides, but they're not the step-by-step -step foolproof as you just described. And I think it's going to be very impactful to get people out of the matrix, which is the most important part out of all of this to buy into a different possibility and I think one of the most powerful tweets I read a few weeks ago was from a possum. And he said, every day that you don't start is money that your business five years from now would be making. Like that's how much it's costing you. The business five years from now today, and that's worth a lot more than $0 today. And that's that in and of itself is so true because I look back at where I was a year ago. I didn't even have a podcast a year ago. I didn't even know what the hell I was doing a year ago. So the fact that you're putting yourself in the mix, you're putting your name in the hat every single day, you don't know what's going to happen. It, it could go anywhere. I, I would even go like one step further. Like for me not to start a year ago was kind of selfish, right? Because it, it meant not only me, but it meant that all of the Bowtie Bump community wasn't earning the money that they would have made like shortly after I started. Mm. So I think to like have this sort of talent or special skill and to be like a lurker or be a reader in the jungle and not shared is mm. selfish. Like if you didn't start this, I wouldn't be on the podcast, you know, promoting my community, getting mm. to know you. Um, so I think if you have it, just let it rip and see what happens. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And I, think totally. you, I think especially if you're reading, you kind of owe it to everyone to do that. That's a phenomenal way to put it. Because there's a ton of people that are reading The Jungle. And I think it's not because they don't want to share knowledge. They don't think they have anything to add or to contribute. They think every niche has been covered. And I, I totally understand that feeling when you have Ox that talks about fitness. It feels like there's not a lot of other places to discuss going to the gym. Um, but that's a really good way of putting it that you kind of owe it to all the people who have helped you to send the elevator back down. Yeah. I mean, I did a bow tied ox workout, uh, this morning and then I used knobs toothpaste, which, um, I love that. I mean, I don't know if you use it, Mm -hmm. but I feel like I literally go to the dentist every time I use it. I I can't go back to normal toothpaste. Mm -hmm. So I, I buy that. I buy three packs. I don't know if they're doing the recurring shipments now, but I buy three packs at a time. And uh, I'll be using that as long as they're selling it. Like it's it's a great product. Yeah. And so like the the jungle is all encompassing, right? Because like, just kind of consumes everything. Your workouts, like the now my podcast, like I'll, I'll listen to your your pod, <laughs> and then I'll, I'll literally brush my teeth with jungle. Like it's insane. Every part of your life is jungleified. Isn't that better than consuming from? the enormous corporations that don't give a crap about you. I'm not exactly a communist, but I do enjoy buying from my friends when I can. Yeah, 100%. And the, <laughs> th- the thing the thing that's awesome about the jungle too is like not only are they immensely skilled, but everyone's a little bit eccentric too. So it's yes. actually like interesting people. I don't know what your W2 looks like, but like everybody, <laughs> everybody is the exact same they watch the same shows, they watch the same game, they drink the same beer. Um, you know, I can predict pretty much to a T what everyone's life um, is going to look like in the next five years. Um, nobody could say that the same about the jungle, right? Like maybe I catch up with you in five years and you start your own e-com site or you're mm-hmm. doing this brand. Like it's, it's not going to be the same. Whereas like in work generally, like people are pretty boring. They'll be talking about their kids and they'll be doing the same stuff, watching the same shows, you know, the next five, 10, 20 years. Totally. Totally. And the one thing that I lament about is that I can't meet these awesome people in person, especially talking to them for two hours on a podcast. It'd be amazing if we could go get drinks sometime, but that's not really in the cards right now. Maybe one day it will be, who knows? But in and of itself, a two-hour conversation is great. But I I do wonder, like, I wonder who this person is walking around, you know? Yeah, I wonder if I walked past them. Yeah, or like in the airport. <laughs> um, I, yeah. Sometimes I will edit or make thumbnails like in the airport in between flights. And I wonder like, is someone in the jungle in this very busy centrally located airport? I wonder. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm sure like, you know, big like Miami, New York, Chicago, mm-hmm. like there's there's probably either someone there that's in the jungle or someone that's a good worker for sure. Yeah. And so that's a little bit insane as well. Um, yeah, I contemplate meeting up. Like, there's some guys that have just helped me out a tremendous amount, um, you know, with various different businesses. And I kind of had like a a threshold, like once I make X, like, dude, I'm going to take you out to drink. I'll like, fly <laughs> you out. <laughs> like, no, <laughs> fl- fl- flights are free, right? So I-, I will fly you out. Like, we'll hit the town. <laughs> flights are free. <laughs> So I, I don't know if I'm going to do that. I like, I've never, I've never really met anyone from the jungle in person. I don't know if I'm going to do that, but I feel like I almost owe it to people. Some certain people that want to do it just because they've helped me so much. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's something to contemplate. It's it's also funny because like before you meet anyone, you have like the perfect, like 
you know, ideal of them. And then like, probably when you meet them, they might be like annoying or something. I don't know. <laughs> But, uh, it's a fair it's, concern. I also, but the jungle is hyper selected for very unique traits. So I think that most people would probably get along in real life. But sometimes they so. get into fights on the internet, which is very enjoyable to watch. But I do think most people would be friends. I had a dream once that Ox had a private gym and you could only get in with a password. And it was just all the jungle members. I don't know what their faces were. So they were all like, <laughs> they didn't have faces in my dream but they were all just working out it was a private gym in some fancy location i wonder what 2035 it might happen who knows somewhere on a beach <laughs> exactly exactly well this has been super enjoyable and learned so much so the final plug for everyone who is listening where should they go right now so bowtie bomb is my twitter handle um, is also my Instagram handle. I don't really post on Instagram as much as I should. Um, on the Bowtie Bum Twitter, you can see my Substack link, but it's not like, like in full display as it was. I don't know if you heard Elon Musk mm -hmm. was banning or shadow banning anyone with Substack links on there. Um, so I have like a link tree. So if you click on the link tree, um, there is the Substack link there. Um, so if you do join Substack, make sure to DM me on Twitter. Join the Slack. It, it's weird. Like most of the paid subscribers are not in the Slack. I can't figure out why they'll DM me questions on Twitter, and I tell them to join the Slack, and they just don't do it. Mm. Very odd. Don't be like them. Join the Slack. <laughs> awesome. um, and and Comer, if you want to join, send your email. I'll I'll comp you a year. <gasps> no sweat. Yeah. 100%. OMG. Maybe yes. I'll do it make do it all that travel money i got a honeymoon to plan so we'll think about I, it i i helped my buddy pay for his honeymoon no charge so yeah if you're gonna go on a honeymoon the next couple of years start now okay you're t my boyfriend's gonna hear this and he is gonna sign up so i'm excited cool. um let's do it thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of the knowledge and just a great conversation overall so thank you again yeah thanks for having me all righty have a good one you too bye Thank you so much for listening. This has been yet another episode of Common Sense. If you liked the conversation, please consider hitting that follow button on Spotify. Oh, and tell everyone you've ever met to do the same. And while you're feeling generous, why not subscribe to my YouTube channel? I promise I've ridiculed at least one of the identity groups you dislike. You have a great day now.